Hey, welcome to the After Now podcast with Tim and George. Give us a listen. What do you have to lose? Because let's be honest, you've wasted time on sketchier stuff than this before. Hey, Tim. Hey, George. You know what they say. Give a man a gun, and he'll rob a bank. Mm. Give a man a bank, and he'll rob everyone. Like that didn't happen this past week. (laughs) (laughs) So guess what our show's on? The uh, intersection between technology, literally technology, and the banking world. Yeah. Yeah, and um, av- just absolutely highlighted uh, with the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. Right, right. And um, and this, uh, boy, this is a pretty complicated story. So what we want to do is get right to it and and try to make this understandable. This is what we know. This is like what day four. Of, yeah, day, of this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's day four, but, you know, is it day four? That we know of. Right. Right, right. That, that this was made public. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, Yeah. You want me to do it? You want to do it? Yeah, yeah. So, so, well, so, um, so let's just start with what we know today. Okay? Yeah. And, and this is all based off of news reports and so forth. Um. Silicon Valley Bank had a run on the bank and had to be saved by um, the FDIC. The reason being is there was mismanagement at the bank. Now, Silicon Valley Bank was not a new bank. Silicon Valley Bank had been in business for about 40 years. Um, It was a state bank which is important because that means it wasn't federally regulated. It was regulated by the state of California. So the oversight was a little different. Um, did they do anything wrong? It appears as though management um, did get a little loose with, with some of the things they were doing. And in short, here's what happened. They got caught with their with their pants down. Um, when interest rates were starting to rise, Silicon Valley Bank was a very unique bank. I think it was like the twentieth largest bank in in the country, um, mostly because it did a lot of the funding and held a lot of the money for Silicon Valley companies and startups. And so, like a lot of com- a lot of these. Uh, companies had their payroll and all this stuff in the bank. So they had a large, large amount of cash in the bank. And they knew they weren't going to loan all that money out. So what a bank needs to do is invest that money. What Silicon Valley Bank did from all reports, they got, they kind of jumped the gun. So when interest rates were starting to rise, they said, we've got all this cash. We're going to invest it in 10-year bonds, which means they can't 
touch that money for 10 years. But they did it right when interest rate rates were starting to rise. The higher the interest rates, the higher the bonds are. So I think their rates, their bonds were at like 2%. Well, what happened was interest rates continued to rise. Now, if they would have left that money alone for 10 years, there would have been no problem. A couple of things happened. Some of these companies started asking for their money back out just to use in the course of business. Since their money was tied up in these long bonds, they have to go borrow the money. So when they tried to borrow the money, they were the new borrowing was at a higher rate. Then what happened is they tried to sell their bonds early. Well, if you have, let's say, a $100 bond that's due in 10 years, you're not going to get $100 for it. You might get $70 or $80 on it. Yeah, you're going to sell it at a loss, correct. You're going to sell it at a loss. What happened is they put these bonds up for sale And then people started noticing that they were accepting these really low rates for their bonds. So that kind of piqued people's interest. And then we're not going to say any names because we don't want to get sued. Some people saw this, pulled all their money out, and then told all their other rich friends that the bank was in trouble. So all the rich friends got in line to pull their money out. So within a few days, 25% of the bank's deposits, total deposits, were being requested to be pulled out. Now, no bank can handle that. No. Banks just are not set up to do that. Um, What's thought is that the people that were in the know of this early and got their money out then shorted the bank stock, which means they would have gotten their money out. Possibly, this is speculation, if they shorted the stock, they're betting that the stock, the bank stock will go down so that they would profit by a run on the bank. Let's hope that wasn't the case. Let's hope it's not, but people are people. Right. That was a really good it, summary, by the way. Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. Yeah. Um, and, and so the way banks work is you have to have faith that a bank is what it is. And it doesn't it doesn't have a vault with everyone's money in it to pull it out. It'll have it invested, it'll have it in loans. Um and I I think the best description is by George Bailey. So just take a listen. No, you're, you're, you're thinking of this place all wrong as if I had the money back in a safe. The, the money's not here. Your money's in Joe's house. That's right next to yours. And in the Kennedy house and Mrs. Maitland's house and a hundred others. You're lending them the money to build and then they're going to pay it back to you as best they can. Four pounds they got two hundred and forty-two dollars in here, and two hundred and forty-two dollars isn't going to break anybody. Hey, Tom. Well, I don't. Here you are. You sign this. You get your money in sixty days. Sixty days. Well, that's what you agreed to when you bought your shares. Tom. Tom. 
Did you get your money? No. Well, I did. Old man Putnam will pay 50 cents on the dollar for every share you've got. <laughs> All right. So, 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 so that, so that's the way it works. <laughs> the money isn't all in the bank. Right. But if there is a run on the bank where everybody goes to the bank at the same time and asks for their money, the system falls down. As it did, so, you know, on last, uh, last Thursday, which, last Thursday, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, the, and obviously we're recording this on, on Tuesday, March 14th, so I'm just going to put a little bit of a time index on this show just so people understand that <laughs> there's so many things that are happening so quickly, um, yeah. who knows what happens tomorrow. Hopefully nothing. Yeah, yeah. So, so what happened was over the weekend, this really broke on Friday. Friday is when, when the... The stuff really hit the fan. So they the, the government had the weekend to try to calm people down. So what they did, and, and their, the semantics here are that the government didn't use any taxpayers' money, but what they did is the FDIC, which guarantees accounts up to $250,000, um, stepped in. Now... I believe it was something like 93% of the accounts in this particular bank were well over $250,000. Yeah, this is this is not your normal bank. This no, 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 no. And so and that's that's the uniqueness of the situation is is that this is not like a bank where people go and deposit money. I mean, some people did for sure. Yeah. But mostly it was uh, and we're not even talking about large companies. We're talking about small, medium, and large companies, um, yeah. and you know, and I guess it depends on who you ask, too, right? Um, if you ask somebody out the street, hey, if if you had a million dollars in the bank, would you consider that a big company? Well, when you take into account payroll, operations, you know, expenses, all those things, you know, a million dollars will get you down the road for sure, and it will get you going. That's why we call them startups. But it's not going to get you yeah. far down the road. So, you know, on average, you're probably looking at a couple million dollars per bank account. The exceptional ones probably had upwards to half a billion. Um, and then the super yeah. exceptional ones probably had, well, you know, maybe a, a couple billion in there. Um, but these, this was pretty much VC-funded um, Silicon Valley startup. Yeah, and the, the, the bank total had $200 billion in, in assets. Yeah, had and and so, uh, getting through the banking part, what the government did is said, "Hey, we've got this insurance fund that we started after the last banking fiasco that all banks had to pay into. We're going to use the money that's in that insurance fund to make sure all these companies and all these people have access to their loans, even though the bank doesn't have it, because." The bank didn't necessarily piss it away. It's just they couldn't really get to it with the investments that they had without losing a ton of money. The other thing they did is they also went to other banks, and this was a little bit less quiet, and said, hey, if you did the same thing and went into these really long-term bonds that are really that are much lower than what the interest rate is now, 
We're going to let you redo those bonds to a higher interest rate so your balance sheet is better. Which is, I wish they would do that for individuals. Right. Okay. Um, they also had a couple other banks that, that were kind of sloppy and upside down um, that they went in and kind of did the same thing to. Here's here's danger doing that. Pretty much all the funds that they had in this insurance policy bank that that, that they had been building for, since the last one, so for like 15 years, that's pretty much mostly gone right. with saving this one bank. It was a big bank to save, though. It was a big bank to save, and we'll explain why. But they kind of shot their – they're out of powder now. Right. That was their shot. Right. Right? And so um, – and and I'm sure that they had to do this in advance, but like 10 days before this happened, all the officers of the bank got really huge bonuses. In fact, I, I think oh, – man, I, I don't want to get this wrong, but I think – it was either 24 or 48 hours. Yeah. 24 or 48 hours before they were shut down, the rest of the employees of S uh, Silicon Valley Bank got all their bonuses. And I think they have to file that ahead of time. I don't know if they did or not, but it, it's just one more reason for people not to trust the system. Well, it's bad timing. It really yeah, is. It, oh, it couldn't be any worse. Right, right. I, I... And this happened This happened in 2008 when a lot of banks were going out of business, too. You know, it's like, here's a parting gift. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? So so that's the banking thing. And it's still being felt. And there, a lot of people are still worried about the banking system. Um, are you Are you worried about the banking system? If people behave rationally, not really. Right. Same with me. That was that was going to be my exact answer. Is, you know, you you've got to look at it for what it is, and, I mean, that's that's almost the case with everything, right? But, I mean, yeah. if if you're if you're going to remain calm and not not incite panic, we should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's just like anything else. You know, if you go into your your local bank and if everyone you know goes there to try to pull out their money tomorrow same thing's going to happen right it's just just the way the system works so am i worried about it I, not really I, I am a little bit just because boy it's hard to trust anything these days but rationally i'm not I'm not too worried about it. Right. Right. No, neither am I. Just wanted to ask. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. <laughs> by the time, you know, uh, three weeks from now, we may look like complete morons for saying that. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we may. Right. Uh, so it, it just made people nervous. And now, um, so question is, is this little bank in Silicon Valley, why do they matter? Why did everyone get so excited about this bank? And you'll see it's because the nature of their customer has tentacles that pretty much 
are embedded in every aspect of your life and economy. Right. And and, and this, this is where Tim will take over. Yeah. <laughs> no. Th- well, this is where. Yeah. And let me just say again, great, uh, great summary on the bank side because. Oh, thank you. I've heard a lot of explanations, and a lot of people are articulating it differently. And you know, for the most part, um, um, they're 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 hitting the nail on the head, but uh, they're not getting to the point. Yeah. So just get to the point, right? Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, and, and you know, the the reality of it is, um, I could see a lot of people um, talking about, you know, why did this bank get, you know. Uh, we're not going to call it a bailout because it wasn't with fu- um, public funds. Um, but, you know, wh- why did this one get saved? What was so important about this bank? And, you know, it's exactly what you said, George. I mean, this bank um, was at the center of, you know, essentially at the center of uh, the the technology revolution in the country. Um, Silicon Valley is where all of our tech startup is. It's the incubator space for our country. It's where all innovation, or not all, but you know, most of most of the innovation for technology comes out of. So when you really think about it, if we look at just you know a small company, um, and we don't even have to be talking about a company that makes electronics. You know, there are a lot of businesses in Silicon Valley that are service related. Um, you know, maybe finance related. Um, they might, you know, provide financial services um, to, you know, other verticals. And, you know, if those go away, that's a problem. Um, if you do have a company that's like, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a media company. I know Roku is one of the um, the businesses that kept money at, uh, at Sil- Silicon Valley Bank. Um, you know. Yeah, they, they, they were one of the real high profile ones. They were. I I think publicly they said they had something like four hundred and sixty million dollars there. Yeah, and if you think about that, you know, let's let's take a step back and think about who that affects and what that affects, right? Just one company. First off, all their employees immediately. Um, mm-hmm. But if they go out of business, all the people who bought Roku's, <laughs> you know, all yeah. the streaming services, um, all the licensing, um, all of the um, royalties that are paid back when people do stream. Um, and you know, let's take a sec- a second and think about when you go and buy a device, that device goes to, you know, you can buy Roku's from Amazon, from, you know, Best Buy, those, yeah. those businesses would get affected. The manufacturers and shipping companies that are part of building, uh, those products and, and making sure those products get to the doors of the stores, uh, wherever they, you know, end up going. Um, you know, all the way to, down to the design people, marketing. There, there are so many people. Um, if you just remove the equation of employees at Roku and think of all the vendors and um, third-party companies and and partners that contribute to Roku's ecosystem, you could be talking about easily fifty thousand people. E- oh yeah, and, and if you don't think so. Um, think of how many servers Roku is running on. So the cloud providers, the network providers, um, the people that make content for them, uh, those are all jobs, you know, and, and that's just one company. And there's so many other companies you've never heard of that you rely on every single day. And don't even know it. Yes. 
And as much as um, some people may be annoyed by the state of California and the arrogance of Silicon Valley, they're still kind of the shit right now. They right. still are. <laughs> right, right. Well, and, you know, there's going to be some... There's going to be some changes that come, you know, and there'll be the pessimists in the world and there'll be the optimists in the world, you know, that, you know, they're going to pivot on regulatory and how banks operate. Um, and there should be some special rules put in place for banks that, you know, have a different set of, you know, yeah. um, uh, you know, customer base and a different set of, uh, you know, um, people who utilize their services. If, you know, something like, hey, if you've got, you know, a set of customers that occupy 70% of your customers who are businesses versus just normal, yeah. just normal Joe Schmoes, right? Um, the federal government should probably have different regulations and regulatory around those banks that, you know, operate B2B versus you to, you to them, right? Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that's one of the loopholes here. This was a state bank. You know, even though they were the 20th largest bank in the country, they they were they fell under state rules. Yeah, and you know, there have been early murmurs about regulatory being laxed. Um, you know, yeah. and you know, could could the management team at the bank could they have done a better job for sure? You know. So when all this went down, I started getting calls um, and just friends who work in Silicon Valley and um, people I know and, and whatnot. And, you know, it was very quietly starting to boil, boiling point, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And everyone's starting to feel the heat go up. And, uh, you know, what, what you know what's going on? What have you heard? Blah, 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 blah. Um, but, you know, it became very, very apparent very quickly. Um, and I, I know about, let's just call it, you know, 10, 12 people um, that work at different companies um, in Silicon Valley. And all these companies, you know, started looking at, can we process payroll um, that next week, which is this week? Can't get, the 15th is coming up. So, you know, um, yeah. that, that's that's part of it, right? Can we process payroll? Can we pay our vendors? How do we, you know, how do we maintain operations? All these questions get asked and i've i've been hearing these stories these incredible stories about you know ceos who you know or or cfos who are literally running down the street to other banks to open up literally opening up a checking account to open up a business account um because the account that they had uh at the time thursday friday was uh you know shut down by the fdic it was locked up um and yeah, so they're going down the street. They're going to whatever bank is down there, whether it be a Chase, whether it be a Bank of America, and you know they're they're scrambling to open up accounts and scrambling to move those uh, those assets over. And I, I've quite honestly never seen anything like it. I don't think anyone has, and and the response was really quick. So in this particular case, they're not calling it a bailout. Um, kind of is it's important to know where the money's coming from it is it is but the federal government stepped in right and i think it was really good that they did i think they did learn some lessons from the 2008 failure now from what we're being told that this wasn't 
it's not of that scope and it, it wasn't that tight it wasn't built off of worthless um commodities um like the subprime mortgage nonsense that was going on with the with the mortgage derivatives and all that other fun stuff so it's not nearly the same but again the average person won't know it <laughs> so it, it it all comes down to are people still calm are they still having confidence now if one of the biggies falls that's that's a different story but it doesn't appear that that's the case yeah and you know this is going to be looked at as a you know um a life lesson a um you know somebody compared it to Emron right um i no well, I Enron was just complete I, right. I, I I don't think that's fair right and I don't think that's fair and the reason why I brought it up is because I don't think it's fair um and you know other people um I, I had a friend who's in the banking industry um he's in the finance industry sorry he'd kill me if I said that wrong um you know he had said back on Thursday or Friday when I asked him about this early he had said that this is an extinction level event for Silicon Valley. Now, without the government bailing them out, um, it very well may have been. Um, and I, I want to be perfectly clear here that um, I don't think that payroll for a lot of these companies could have been met this week, and or it would have been very hard. Let's put it that way. They they would have gone out of business. I think a lot of companies would have gone out of business, and I think w- what I'm trying to get at is, um, and and the Wall Street Journal also kind of um, played into this. Um, my friend has no association with the Wall Street Journal. Um, they said that this event could possibly wipe out an entire generation of of startups, um, and. So what you have to think about is not only all these people that, you know, support these companies, as we've discussed, but you have to also think about the innovation loss and the ripple effects moving forward over time with just the loss of momentum. I had heard, (laughs) I had literally heard that there was um, about 50 or 60 you know, people on a Zoom call, 50 of them being members of Congress, <laughs> and maybe the other 10 being members of the, uh, um, you know, the banking uh, entity of our government. But I had heard that there was a Zoom call, and, you know, there was there was a lot going on with, you know, what happens here? What is this situation? You know, they were educated as well, almost in real time. Um, and I think they looked at all those things and, um, they said, you know, we, we can't let this fail. And because if we do, it could, um, be the beginning of, we, we all have this feeling that the economy is slowing down. We all have the feeling that we may go into a recession. Um, but this, you know, instead of skipping across the top of the, uh, uh, the lake, um, like a, a little rock would do you know, ever so gently until it became to rest, putting little ripples into the water. This is more like a boulder going right into the, right into the water. Yeah. And so those of us that are nerds and do technology stuff, um, like we were talking that Roku example, 
but something less sexy, less known about. Let's say there's a company that does something called APIs. And that's um, all, what that does is that moves data from one program to another. Okay. Um, it's behind the scenes stuff. If a company like that had its money in there and the people don't get paid, and then all of a sudden it stops working, something as fundamental as, an, as, as a company that has APIs. If that's not supported and all of a sudden stops, a lot of transactions just don't get done. Right. Things break. And and, and it's it's again, it's not sexy stuff, but maybe something like your Amazon cart or DoorDash or any number of programs where data gets moved from one place to another. Or, you know, what what's even more funny is um, more fundamental things, too. I mean, and this is a great example, uh, George, I'm, and I'm glad you brought this up. There are companies out there that only do a couple things. Like, they identify where your IP address comes from geographically. And then they sell mm -hmm. that information real time to anybody who would want something like that. Like, And, and, and someone might be like, well, why are they selling that data? Well, you know, Hold on. This is a good thing. And why it's a good thing is... A company like this may sell that data to someone like Netflix or someone like, um, you know, Google or someone like Hulu, where you buy local TV services. And in order for you to get the right local channels, they need to know where you're coming from. Um, so you, instead of, you know, you getting Dallas's TV stations when you're in a Chicago or a New York market, you're going to actually get the right TV channels, you know, NBC, CBS, Fox, that originate from your city. Those APIs <laughs> um, uh, allow that transfer of data and that informational exchange to occur. That way other companies can do their businesses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, so it could have been stunningly, stunningly impactful, just this this one place. So it would have been interesting to watch. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah. I, oh, I don't want to see the crash, but it'd be kind of cool if I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you like know? it's like I don't. But you yeah. don't want to see anyone get hurt, you know. Can I rewind this and like uh, divert it after the fact? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But. Um, yeah, just uh, it was a much bigger deal than I think a lot of people thought. Um, right. And and you hear about it, and they make it seem like a banking issue, but it's so much bigger than a banking issue. Yeah, the banking issue precipitated the the um, the bad the situation, but then the fallout from that right uh, is could have been so much worse. So I guess the question now is, where do we go from here? I, I think we don't know the full impact of this yet. Best case scenario, this was kind of like a one-hit wonder where, okay, this happened, and maybe they've shored up some of the other guys that were in trouble. That, um, And hopefully it's it's rather limited, and this will scare the crap out of the other banks so that they um they maybe clean clean their stuff up a little bit right right for best sure. best case scenario best case scenario yeah and you know um 
I think that it's going to, I think the pivot here will be, you know, maybe VCs, venture capitalists, and, um, you know, how transactional, money transactional stuff occurs in Silicon Valley will change a little. Um, th there are some rules, right, uh, in place where um, if you acquire a round A or round B or round C set of funding, sometimes you have to keep it in a bank, um, mm -hmm. a, a specific bank. So what, I, what I'm saying is, and I'm not saying that this is the case, but I'm saying is I could see there's cases where maybe some of these companies, because someone might come along and say, well, why would they be so so irresponsible to store all their or the, to keep all their money in one bank why wouldn't you spread that out spread the damage out you know spread the risk out um there may be a situation um that you know precipitates the uh, a you can't move this money out of this bank that yeah. because you acquired money through us a vc company we want it in this specific bank and you're not and we to want to be it. able to see what you're doing with we it. want to be able to see what you're doing with it yeah no no i mean that's very truthful and you know um so there, there some of these companies might have had their their hands tied a little about what they can and can't do with all of the money right um remember when you're working with vcs you're uh, you're dancing with the devil that you know um right you know, and and when you have partners, you know, business partners and uh, venture capitalists, you have to report that you have a fiduciary responsibility to those uh, those shareholders and those investors. Um, it's different if you just had, uh, you know, a uh, a line of revenue coming in and that revenue um, didn't have any ties to it other than your customers. Then your responsibility is more to your customers than anything else. Um we're not going to go down that road, but you know, there there may have been some situations that kind of tied the hands of some of these businesses, and 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 that's kind of where I'm going with that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, um, what has been discussed is, and again, you've got some billionaires that are definitely playing loose in, in some of these environments, right? Maybe. Um, yep. and uh, there's been talk that maybe some of these billionaires will start their own like Silicon Valley technology bank because it is unique. Like you were just saying, there are some, some very unique um, requirements and, and uses for this bank. And, and there's talk that perhaps some of these people in the business are going to start a bank for this particular model. Yeah, and it's not completely unheard of. I mean, you, you really think about it, right? In this area, you know, and we'll take Apple, for example. Who in the hell is going to insure Apple? You know, I mean, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, there's there's a Apple's $2 trillion market cap. I mean, I don't know where they are exactly, but I mean, let's just say that's, that's the ballpark they're in right now. Um, you know, I mean... It would be awfully hard to insure. So you get into a situation where you're self-insuring in some cases. And it may not be that you're self-insuring all your business units. Maybe you're self-insuring the most critical business units. And and I would venture to say that because Apple holds critical infrastructure for our government, as yeah. does Microsoft, as does a lot of companies. And Microsoft is another good example of that. And Amazon. People might say, well, critical infrastructure from our government. What do you mean? Well... You know, where do you think our government buys products and services from 
when we're talking about cloud services, right? I mean, hell, the Ukraine, the Ukrainian government uh, buys cloud space from Microsoft. We talked about this in, you know, a, a show a couple of weeks ago where, you know, uh, Microsoft was helping to secure the Ukrainian government. So, you right. know, gov- governments right. actually turn to these companies and these companies are, are vast. And so it's in everyone's best interest to keep the wheels, you know, greasy and turning very, very nice. And again, there, there's always criticism. Oh, they're you know they're considered too big to fail. Uh, in some cases, it's there's more to the story than what is initially reported. Right. You know, and yeah, maybe they are. You know, some people are saying, well, they should have just let them let the market handle it or whatever. <sighs> At this particular point, something that terrible, something uh, something of that impact could have rocked the entire economy for years to come. Yeah, it, 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 I think we're talking about downward spiral kind of stuff, and yeah, I, and I don't yes. I don't think that's an exaggeration. Yeah, and being in the technology space you can you see those interdependencies and how deep they can go so so you might have like one company that has you know 100 customers but the product that they give to those 100 customers um affect millions of desktops or millions of tv sets or something you know um it it really is far reaching you know and it's funny too um a lot of these uh, organizations, and you know, any organization. I mean, growing up anywhere, whether it be in New York, Chicago, any you know, um, Austin, you know, any market that fosters a lot of technology, research triangle, they they um, they kind of grow organically too, which is kind yeah, of interesting. Do. Yeah, it's it, they they much more organically than. Um, than traditional companies, brick and mortar companies, right? Um, you know, hey, we need a tool. Okay, great, go get that tool. Okay, wow, this tool really works great, and it becomes more of a critical component within their product offering. And then by the time they know it, it's taken on a life of its own. And to your point, they might uh, they might link that tool with two or three other tools, APIs, yeah. all this other stuff, and you've got this nested web of just stuff sitting in the back end you know there's an old saying we we george and i were we're italian so we have a lot of old sayings <laughs> yes we do but i love this old saying no one likes to see how the sausages are made that's very true and if you think that um you know you know technology companies do it cleanly internally um i'm sure many do um, but you know, I know for a fact that there's just a lot of stuff out there with a lot of different companies that, you know, things again, like I said, grow organically and you know, you got issues here, you got issues there. And, and you know, this by just what you read in the, in, in the news, common sense kind of stuff, you know, um, there was a company, there is a company called LastPass. They store passwords offsite <laughs> and unfortunately mm-hmm. they had a security compromise. 
and you know which is ironic right because they're a security company but you know they are humans running a business and there was some stuff on the back end that wasn't completely uh secured the way it should have been and you know there was an issue there it's this is very publicly known um it's been all over the news but that's just an example of if you run a business it grows organically you might have to be very um cognitive of all of those moving parts and sometimes it's an, it's an impossible task it is and you know like you were saying organically it, it tim you've seen that yourself it's like hey i know this buddy that that's got this or is really good at that or you know uh i've seen him do work similar to this build it and then then you are reliant on that person <laughs> you just are oh yeah yeah for sure and so you know i think i think um when we talk about where do we go from here and we talk about the banking industry and and their changes and maybe some regulatory stuff this will also kind of maybe change the way internally um you know some companies are built too maybe you know the quality control and the the process the workflows that the, maybe there will the, be a little bit more emphasis on looking deeper into what we call the technology stack and people mm -hmm. are going to say you know what um we, we have got let's let's look at how many you know, as George said, tentacles leave our, um, our, our ecosystem. And do we really need all those tentacles or, yeah. or can we work more efficiently instead of 10 tentacles? Can one tentacle do the job of 10 and, um, you know, the goods, the bads, you know, this is an, op this is a moment and an opportunity for optimization and making things better. Definitely. I'll tell you what, the people that were, of the, you know, for a while there, they probably thought they had less than a 50-50 chance of seeing any money at all. You can bet that their business model and their behavior is going to completely change. Yeah. You, it's, um, I don't know if it's going to be harder, but it's going to be different. It's going to be different, and there's going to be controls in place. Because as a CEO of a company, right, um, which I am not, but as a CEO of a company, you sit here and say, mm, you know what? Um, I need, I need to know that I can get access to those funds. Um, whether or not there's rules and conditions around those funds, I still need to be able to get access to those funds. And, and again, when we're talking about these funds and, you know, for our listeners, we're not talking about, you know, 50 or a hundred dollars. We're not talking about oh no a hundred thousand dollars here. We're talking about at minimum something over, you know, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So, upwards to five hundred, seven hundred, and on up all the way to two hundred million dollars. This is these are big accounts. Yeah, and what are they going to do? Because they've got this payroll every two weeks or every month, where it's in the millions of dollars. You got to have it in the bank. You, you got you got to have it in the bank. Yeah, and <clears throat> you know, I can only imagine. Um, that companies that are, you know, round A, round B, young startups, they're they're obviously going to be more hard pressed, right? For companies that are round D, F, you know, getting ready to emerge from their infancy, let's call it that way, and you know, or unicorn companies, companies over, you know, valued over a billion dollars, um, those companies probably already have some type of 
I'll guarantee you they already have some type of, um, you know, revenue. They've got customers, paying customers. They're paying into other accounts. So for those uh, companies, I'm sure that the stress was a different kind of stress. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, hey, we've got money coming in, but, oh, God, we've got to still still service these these customers. And um, remember, in technology space, there's service level agreements. There's SLAs, which basically state... Hey, if I'm a if I'm a company and I'm providing a service to you, I'm doing that with um, X amount of quality, Y amount of assurance, and Z amount of uptime. Um, that way, if I fall or something fails, um, you know, then I I might be liable to pay you um, in, in the form of a penalty, if I don't meet my service level agreement with you. So if I'm providing you a service and that service is supposed to be delivered at 99.99939s for one year, and, you know, I go down for a week, um, I'm, I'm in breach of my SLA and I will owe you money. So not only can I not provide a service, but now it's costing me money those right. are the types of things that these CEOs and CFOs and and organizationally what people are looking at. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess in um in closing um it hopefully looks like this was contained was a shot across the bow. And going to change the way, especially technology companies, um, hold their money and, and, you know, VCs in in particular, how they hold their money, where they hold their money. But it doesn't insulate them from ever happening again because it could. It could happen to a bigger bank. So, um, but hopefully this was the one wake-up call to to keep something worse from happening. Yeah. I think a lot of people in this um, got a crash course in how banking works again. Um, everybody was invariably citing what happened in 2007, 2008, which you've already gone through. It's not the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right. I think, the, I think this is a moment to pivot. Um, and I think that these people are going to have to look at this and say, you know, we've got to make some substantive changes to, you know, you know, uh, the space. And if we don't, um, it's going to be a real shitty time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, and uh, again, we're get we're talking about this four days in. So this is the moment in time and um, may have a follow up on this. Ho- honestly, I hope we don't. You're right. Right, I was about to say I don't want to follow up on this. I want I want to say you know what that was that was the hiccup. Yeah, and we were dead on. And thank you very much. <laughs> right, wipe the hands clean and 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 you know on to the next show. <laughs>